I have a confession. I haven't spent a ton of time at my girls' school while it was in session. I mean, I've always been working and usually had a baby at home as well throughout the time that my kids have been old enough to be in school. And then when my oldest was in daycare when she was a baby, obviously she was there because I was working, so I didn't hang around there either to see what was happening. And honestly, I didn't think that much of the cleaning practices within the daycare or their eventual school. They both looked clean, and my oldest, who didn't suffer from eczema, seemed all right. And we went on like normal until she was about four years old. And that's when my younger two were literally drowning in eczema. That was 2020, and that's when the pandemic ensued, which was actually really fortunate timing for us since both my husband and I worked from home, and I could keep my kids in a more controlled environment while I was researching our way out of our eczema storm. So when school was reopening in the fall, and I was sending a new preschooler who suffered from severe eczema, along with my now kindergartner, I had to look at what they were facing from a new lens. There was, of course, concern about COVID, but my bigger concern was navigating the new, way more intense cleaning protocols that were not only mandatory, but shouted from the rooftops to help make parents feel safe. And after all of my eczema research at that point, there were a few things that I was just avoiding like the plague, but mainly bleach and artificial fragrance and antimicrobial soaps that I just could not allow near my kids, eczema or not, knowing just how deleterious these chemicals are. In this episode, I'm going to talk about my process in getting alternative cleaners approved by the county health department for use in a daycare setting, which is what preschool is, or daycare, and other products my kids have on hand to avoid toxins that are just rampant, unfortunately, in a traditional academic setting. Grab your pen and paper. Let's dig in. Hey mama, welcome to the Eczema Kids podcast. Do you want your baby to actually have baby soft skin? Are you literally up all night caring for your itchy, miserable kid? Are you hoping to give your child a life free of disruptive skin symptoms without pharmaceuticals? Hi, I'm Andra. I was also a mom of a toddler and a baby struggling with severe eczema. I too felt helpless because I couldn't figure out how to get rid of my children's eczema and wished I could take the misery out of their bodies. Every day I questioned, is what I'm doing actually making a difference? I wondered, would I ever be able to go to the pool with my kids, take family photos, or eat outside the home without an eczema flare? Through diet and natural time-honored solutions, combined with endless hours of research and experimenting, I eliminated eczema from our lives. When you tune into this podcast, you will find itchy kid remedies, diet and nutrition advice, and healthy kid hacks to help lessen your workload and lighten your family home. Grab your egg-free snack, and let's get on with healing our kids. Before I did this podcast, I was a certified dental assistant, and I worked with a hygienist who delivers OSHA seminars for dental professionals. So quite the opposite of what I'm doing now. Fortunately, I did have a very good understanding of the levels of cleaning, disinfecting, and sanitizing, which was really helpful when dealing with the powers that be in my kids' school. I wanted to give you a quick summary of the difference between these three levels of clean so you can interface with the county board, and the administrators at your school. So the first level of cleaning is (laughs) called cleaning. That removes germs, dirt, and impurities from surfaces or objects. 
It works by using soap and water to physically remove the germs from surfaces. And this process doesn't necessarily kill the germs, but by removing them, it lowers their numbers and the risk of spreading infection. Then you go on to disinfecting. Disinfecting kills germs on surfaces and objects. It works by using chemicals to kill the germs on surfaces, but it doesn't necessarily clean dirty surfaces or remove germs. But by killing the germs on a surface after cleaning, it can further lower the risk of spreading infection. And then lastly, sanitizing lowers the number of germs on surfaces to a safe level as judged by the public health standards or requirements. This process works by either cleaning or disinfecting surfaces to lower the risk of spreading infection. And then there's sterilization, but that's only possible with the use of like an ultrasonic cleaner. That's the machine that they have in dental offices to clean the tools that go in your mouth. Just some super fun CDC teachings here. Point is, sterilization isn't possible in an academic or a daycare setting. Just so we know that moving forward. So, to clean, which is, again, the most basic level of cleaning, academic institutions typically use soap and water. I don't know what kind of soap they use, but I can guarantee it's not... It's got some ingredients that we don't want around our kids. So, to substitute that, I ask that they use Branch Basics, which I recommend often for home use, and it's easily sent to school. Each classroom my girls were in had an all-purpose spray bottle that outlines the ratio of concentrate to water as well as a bottle of concentrate, which lasted the whole year. And then the teachers could refill them themselves. Teachers are required to clean before kids eat on tables. And I don't really know what other times, but they do this level of cleaning throughout the day. Then there's sanitizing and disinfecting. And this is where the health department really chimes in and where things get a little tricky. I presented at least five different options to our school district's Board of Health. And to get the name and the contact number of your school or daycare provider's Board of Health contact, you can ask the director or the head of school, whoever's in charge of the facility, they'll they'll know who it is because they have to interface with them semi-regularly. To disinfect, you have to kill the germs on the surface. And instead of two or more solutions to address the disinfecting and the sanitizing requisites, your institution is likely using diluted bleach to save time and mostly money. So different levels of dilution are required for sanitation and disinfection. Our preschool said they spend about $15 a year on cleaning solutions. So that's obviously a driver for this decision since bleach, of course, kills everything, including our sweet kids. And then in an academic or daycare setting, you also have to use disinfectants from time to time. And that's on surfaces that are commonly contaminated with high hazard body fluids, blood, urine, blah, 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 like toilet seats and diaper changing areas, diaper pails, those types of surfaces. So disinfectants also have to follow the following rules to be accepted. One, the chemical has to have an EPA registration number, and a designation as a hospital-grade disinfectant. And this, again, is for use in a daycare or academic setting. Uh, Two, the label must signify the concentration of the solution, the contact time of the solution, how to use it, and the surfaces that it's appropriate to use on. So this is why you generally have to find a solution that is pre-made to satisfy all these requisites. That's why you can't just make something yourself with hydrogen peroxide or sodium bicarbonate or something like that. And then sanitizers are to be used on surfaces that commonly come in contact with food. 
and the hands and mouth and eyes and nose and exposed skin of the children and staff. So these surfaces include kitchen surfaces, food preparation areas, pacifiers, drinking fountains, tabletops, keyboards, sleeping mats, all the things, right, that our kids are just breathing in and wiping every inch of their body on all the time. So sanitizers have to meet the same type of requirements. They have to have an EPA registration number, and then the label has to include the concentration, the contact time, the method, surfaces that it's appropriate for. Lastly, it can't require a final rinse step, which is fair. I can understand how (laughs) teachers wouldn't have time. I don't have time for that in my home, but teachers wouldn't have time to also just put on a cleaning solution and then also rinse it off with water. So much fun. Thank you for hanging in there with me because this is really important. After all this rigmarole, I found EnviroCleanse A, which meets all of the requirements that I just outlined as stated by the Board of Health, and it met my eczema mom requirements, and that includes so it doesn't contain any toxic chemicals or bleach. Two, it kills a broad range of pathogens. Three, you don't have to rinse it or dilute it, so it's easy and quick to use. And four, the contact time is less than three minutes. And that pertains to the amount of time it's supposed to stay wet to really do what the label says it does in terms of killing off germs. It has to stay wet on the surface to technically sanitize. So under three minutes is a realistic amount of time. There's some cleaners out there that'll say 10 minutes and those just aren't going to work. I'll link it in the show notes. Again, it's called EnviroCleanse. They're headquartered in Texas, and they were really easy to order from. I ended up sending a few labeled spray bottles, since that's a requisite, and funnels that I got off of Amazon, like the big ones that car shops use, along with four five-gallon buckets of EnviroCleanse straight to the school. This solution satisfies both the disinfection and the sanitization requisites. So I'm that serious about this stuff, guys. I mean, or crazy. I don't know. However you want to look at it, but... It's a big deal. Our children spend a lot of time at school and daycare, and that's a lot of toxin exposure and endocrine disruptors and carcinogens just floating in the air. And because of a quick turnaround times and the number of kids and the teachers usually have to use this product within really close proximity of the kids. I've seen it happen a number of times at pickup. And now that I know better, I just, I have to do better. And then of course, there's more benefits of green cleaning and products and Those type of practices, I mean, it reduces everyone's exposure to toxic chemicals, including the staff. It reduces the incident of asthma attacks caused by dust and chemical allergens. And it greatly, greatly improves the indoor air quality by reducing airborne chemical gases. I also send my kids with their own hand soap because hand washing is another scheduled event in schools in this post-COVID world. And I try to avoid antibacterial soaps because one, they're no more effective than regular soap. Two, they're creating antibiotic resistant bacteria. Three, they act as endocrine disruptors that skews your whole hormone cascade. Not good. Four, they kill the good bacteria too, which we're actively, actively trying to create a healthy skin barrier for our little eczema kids. And lastly, it's really bad for the environment to use antibacterial soap. The soap goes down the drain and then back into the environment. And once there, it harms the algae and fish and, you know, puts the whole food chain at risk. And really, the most effective way to get rid of germs is by washing your hands with regular soap under running water for at least 20 seconds. 
I use Branch Basics again for my kids' school hand soaps, and I use it in my house. And so they each have their own Branch Basic pump bottle, and the concentrate that's already at the school can be used to refill, or I just ask that they that bottles that are getting low be sent home with my kids. And part of the reason that I like this company, Branch Basics, so much is because one of the founders got into business of making soap because her son had a life-changing chemical exposure at school, which is so sad. Lastly, I send my kid with their own hand sanitizers because those come along with the same hazards as antibacterial soap. So preschool age and under aren't supposed to use hand sanitizer, according to the health department. But if your child is at least preschool age, then I'd send them with some, especially in a classroom that has a big jug of that liquid antibacterial hand sanitizer. I'd make sure the adult in charge knows that your child should not come in contact with that substance at all. I send them with, I use Primally Pure hand sanitizer. It's really nice, the ingredients are effective, and they use essential oils for fragrance and also for their antimicrobial properties. So I'll link that in the show notes as well. So that's a lot, I know. But the more of us eczema parent warriors stand up for indoor air quality and green cleaning practices, the more ubiquitous it'll become. We can use our power for real change here, but you do have to be politely persistent because frankly, in this and so many other areas, the status quo is just not okay. It's actually quite harmful. So to recap and give your child a healthy school year ahead, follow these steps. One, email or call your county's Board of Health contact to tell them your concerns and ask if Branch Basics may be used in times when cleaning is satisfactory and EnviroCleanse when sanitizing and disinfecting are required. Two, talk to your school officials about greener, non-toxic products and practices and voice your concerns and, more importantly, the solutions that you've found. Three, Oftentimes, you're going to have to supply these cleaning solutions because it's not within your school's budget to cover this upgrade. Four, send your kids with their own non-toxic hand soap like Branch Basics in their own labeled pump bottle or supply this as well for the classroom. Five, send your kids with their own non-toxic hand sanitizer from Primarily Pure. And number six, communicate your preferences to your child's teachers very, very clearly. And be sure to communicate this new protocol surrounding their own hand washing to your kids if it's a change for them. If they're young, they're happy to oblige. If they're older, you can let them know about the unfortunate effects of antibacterial soaps and bleach and help get them on board that way. I really do commend you for making it this far. This is not a fun or glamorous topic at all, but you can feel good in your mama or dad heart that you're making a positive impact on your kids' lives, along with so many other children. And luckily, that's enough. If we all band together, we can really raise a healthier generation together. And I'd love to help you more. Just email me at support at so we can systemize your path to wellness. You can do this, and I'll help you. Again, support at eczemakids.com, and I'll talk to you there. Take care. You are doing great. Hey friend, if today's episode helped you in any way, would you leave me a review in Apple Podcasts? Neither of us have time for social media, so this is the best way to help other parents find this podcast and heal their kids. Thanks for your contribution towards ending childhood eczema.